everybody. Welcome to the Blunt and No Not Weed podcast. This is your girl Mutondua. <laughs> I am back for a new episode. Uh, I hope everybody is doing well. Happy Friday. I hope that um, everyone is excited for the weekend and that you are all feeling, you know, rested or about to feel rested. It's been a long ass week, bruh like just a long ass week and I can understand if anyone is just feeling off, <laughs> you know, and like exhausted because I am feeling the same way. Um, this episode is going to drop much later than usual. It'll probably drop at around five or half past five instead of the usual 4 p.m. And that's because I had a really crazy morning. So as of right now, my SIM card on my phone is not working because my little SIM card holder thing broke. So I can't pull out my SIM card. And it's currently stuck in the bottom of my SIM card slot, <laughs> which is so annoying because it's a dual SIM card holder, but it's stuck right at the bottom. And my phone registered that there's a SIM card in, but it doesn't register that the sim card is actually active so it's always it says that it's inactive oh it's a mess and i have to take it to get fixed but i haven't had any time because i'm literally doing training for a new job right now oh excuse me <laughs> and <laughs> so gross uh so i'm doing training for a new job of course doing mba stuff this week was intense had my first quiz uh offline which is the first time i've taken a test like a written test for academic purposes in literally i think five years four four 2016 was the last time 2017 18 19 20 yeah so this is about four years almost five years because 2021 is done and it was for management accounting of all fucking things but um, it went well, and I was, I think I did okay. We'll see. <laughs> I don't want to be out here going, <laughs> it went well. I did great. And then my results come out, it's like, nah, bitch, you didn't do great. <laughs> so I don't want to, I don't want to see anything. Um, but that felt very surreal. Just, you know, pen and paper writing a test, and it's going to get graded by a red mark or something it's weird like it's like it's like you're living in the twilight zone because you've lived these very different lives like an, an entire academic year online and now you're back in person and it's just so surreal but anyway i hope that everybody is well thank you for coming back and tuning in and listening to the podcast i appreciate you guys so much um, when I started this podcast, it really was just for my own sanity and the fact that people listen to it and that, um, you know, my page is growing. So please do follow my Instagram page uh, at blunt and no, not weed. Uh, I think it's blunt, not weed. And then on Facebook, it's the blunt and no, not weed podcast or blunt and no, not weed podcast. Uh, the community is growing. The page is growing. Um, so please do follow so that we can grow the page even more and grow the podcast even more, um, especially if you do enjoy, you know, my conversations with you guys. And also, of course, the interviews that I have with the incredible people who have incredible, incredible stories to share. Speaking of which, my 
guest from last week. Oh, wasn't that just, that was just food for your soul in it. <laughs> it was just food for your soul. And I'm so grateful to my guest and friend Kemi for coming over and sharing very personal, intimate, uh, vulnerable stories, but with the hope of touching other people and that other people can feel less alone and can feel, you know, seen and and um, recognized in their own experiences that we're not alone. And I think the only time you ever think you're alone is because we don't talk about certain things and we we keep things to ourselves because we think we're the only ones going through them and that is not the truth. So just something to remember. We all struggle, we all suffer, and we all go through stuff. With that said, <laughs> this I don't want the intro to be too long this week because I have to wrap up this conversation quite quickly. Um, so this podcast episode is probably going to be a lot shorter, which is fine because, you know, bite-sized and you can enjoy it quickly and go out for, you know, your usual weekend vibes. <laughs> um, yeah, so I'm currently in Petch. I'm in a different city. I'm not in Budapest. So that's why this episode is going to come out late because I'm not in Budapest and I had to travel today. Oh yes, this is what I wanted to say. See, oh god, I'm just all over the place. But yeah, so this morning I had to take a motor and a motor is like a ride share service. And I was taking it at the station called Kaleti. And when I arrived, because my phone's not working by the way, so I, I can't get calls, I can't send uh, messages unless I am connected to a Wi-Fi connection. So as soon as I leave my apartment, my phone just doesn't work. And so I had to meet this guy at like 10 a.m. Uh, at Kaleti to do the ride share. For my South Africans, you're not going to understand what a ride share is because you're probably thinking, Jesus, you're going to meet strangers and you'll get into a car together for long distances and you're going to be fine. <laughs> yes, you would. You will be fine. It's a completely different vibe this side. Um, of the world where it's safe enough for you to do that so yeah I was supposed to meet up with this guy have not met him just met him on this app and that's what we we're gonna do but um, I arrived I arrived on time was supposed to meet at 10 but I didn't know where the parking lot was and I couldn't really call him to message him to be like hey listen I'm coming don't leave I'm here I just don't know where exactly you are and so I had to walk around and I eventually asked this old man and I was like, I sent, cause he had sent me a picture of where he's parked. So I showed the old man the picture and he's like, oh, it's on the other side. So I literally had to go around, but it's a bit far to walk. So I only got there at like 10 past 10. And because I couldn't tell him that, hey, just wait for me. I'm here. I'm almost here. Um, he left. So I had to get another one. <laughs> Um, which I booked and I it was leaving at 12. And so I would have arrived in the city that I'm in now. Uh, if I'd left at 10, I would have arrived at, I think it was 12, 15, which would given me ample time to record the episode, edit it and upload it. But of course, you know, I arrived instead at two and so I didn't have enough time. So anyway, so that's why this is going to drop late. I just felt like I have to say why, because I've decided to hold myself accountable to a 4 p.m. Um, distribution every Friday. And that's what I'm going to do unless crazy things like this happen that are not within my control, <laughs> you know. 
but yeah anyway um so welcome to 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 the episode to, to this week's episode this one is i'm excited for this one because we're launching a new series um the blunt and no not weed podcast is launching a series for october so we just finished our sex series in september which was i mean it was amazing we had incredible guests on and um, i learned so much from my guests and the interviews that I did, and it was so insightful. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm hoping that um, I just realized I didn't say why I'm in patch. I'm visiting my sister, and also because I need to get some stuff from her. <laughs> I was just like, why did you mention? I'm sorry, I'm gonna be all over the place this episode, but it's fine. Um, so yes. Um, we're launching a new series and it's called Booktober. Now you guys know that I love, I love reading. I have not been doing as much reading as I usually used to do. Um, so I am now getting back into that and I've been doing such a good job. Like every time I have free time, like on weekends and like in the evenings before bed, I read and it's been such a great new little addition to my life i'm really appreciating it and i am taking it as a form of self-care at this point one of the books that i recently picked up i'm reading two books simultaneously but one of the books that i picked up um is by jordan peterson uh now the moment i say the name jordan peterson people might get triggered <laughs> they're like oh my god jordan peterson because we have this thing now in society where um if you are quote-unquote liberal, which I would classify myself as liberal, there's this notion that you, you, it's, it's, I feel like liberalism is turning into, and both, I'm not saying conservatism is not, you know, or the right wing or the left wing. I feel like each wing is turning into a bit of a cult. And you know, I'm obsessed with cults in this podcast, but um, each, each section or each extreme is turning into a bit it's becoming cultist in a way where if if someone does not completely adhere to or um have the exact same beliefs that you have then for some reason then they are evil and wrong and they are to get you and that is a thing and then they are terrible people just because they don't see the world the way you do and just because they have their own positions and their own perspectives and yes, I do not agree with some of the things that Jordan Peterson says, you know, about certain politics and certain, you know, reasons and rationale behind certain human behaviors over history, one of them being colonization. Um, I, I don't agree with his stance on that. However, it does not change the fact that Jordan B. Peterson is an incredible clinical psychologist <laughs> who is got one of arguably our time's greatest minds like intellectual minds and so um i remember when i started reading his books and listening to his talks uh, it was like wait like but he 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 talks he says certain things about the lgbtq community or he says certain things about like uh, for example when it comes to pronouns you know using correct pronouns he's like no i won't do that and so but then oh then you have to write him off because he's a bad person and so it's like get the fuck out of here like that's ridiculous um people are holistic and if you want to be seen as a holistic i say this all the time if you want to be seen as a holistic person with with differences and paradoxes you need to be willing to do the same for other people and that is jordan b peterson he is 
an incredible mind at the end of the day. And so I've been reading his book called The 12 Rules for Life, An Antidote to Chaos, which is what I am going to be referencing um, throughout this podcast episode. Because again, like I said, Booktober is basically me going to be sharing life lessons that I'm, I've learned from books. Literature has literally raised me. Um, I grew up with my mom being a librarian and we grew up around books. And I, books raised us in a way because she would leave us in the library uh, every weekend <laughs> collecting books. And then she'll come back and fetch us and help us check out our books and go home. And books were the first places where I could learn to escape and, and escape into incredible worlds. I remember the first time I picked up Harry Potter and I was just, I was in awe. I was in awe of the universe and the, 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 the characters and the creations of like, you know, rules and values within this character and, and philosophies and, and myths and, 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 and prophecies. And it's just, it's incredible that you can literally build a universe through writing and through words. And so that to me was something that I always loved. My guilty pleasure in my teenage years was definitely Sweet Valley. Like before there was Gossip Girl, there was Sweet Valley. <laughs> Sweet Valley was my teen obsession. I wouldn't even say teen, maybe like tweens, like 13, 14. I loved, loved Sweet Valley. Um, I love um, fiction. Fiction is my, like, I, I love fiction. I love immersing myself into other worlds and other people's experiences. Nonfiction is also okay. <clears throat> um, biographies. I love biographies. Michelle Obama's one is pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I love, I love adventures and fiction. And so, yeah, I love books. I love reading. Um, I think everybody should read, <laughs> just read. <laughs> reading is probably one of those hobbies that people are like, what the fuck? Like, I can't read a book. Like, oh my God, it's just, and it's like, you just haven't found your types of books. That's all it is. It's like you haven't found your genre. When you find your types of books, you will not put a book a book down. I remember when I picked up um, oh, what's this book, the girl with the with the dragon tattoo, and I read that book cover to cover. I was just like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, and you just immerse yourself into a whole other world, you know. <clears throat> so. Books have imparted a lot of lessons into my life. And that's what I'm going to be sharing. I'm going to be sharing. I'm, I've not finished this book yet. I'm still reading it and I'm reading it very slowly. I'm currently on, on page uh, 53. And there are basically 12 rules for life, basically. And I've read the first two rules. I think I'm about to wrap up the second rule, actually. And already i just the other day i had to make a pact and like listen you're gonna just read through you're not gonna be underlining like just because every time i'm just like oh my god i have to underline this oh my god i have to underline i have to underline i have to underline and to the point where i just kept reading and stopping just to underline and highlight so i was like okay you need to stop and just read <laughs> okay which is so hard for me because the moment i hear something i'm like oh my god i have to underline that and make notes you know so i'm gonna go through um, some of the passages that really impacted me and I'll tell you why exactly they've impacted me and what I have learned from them. 
So yeah, let's get started. Before we get started, stop right now what you're doing. Pause, pause, pause. Go and follow this podcast page on Instagram. <laughs> blunt and no, not weed. Or blunt underscore not weed. Something like that. It's in the description of this episode. Go find it. And also go follow on Facebook. The Blunt and No Not Weed podcast. Okay? Cool. Thank you. And if you're listening on Apple Music, please rate and review. I have only two reviews right now. So you reviewing the podcast will really go a long way into growing our little community that we have here. Okay? All right. Let's continue. So... Mr. Jordan B. Peterson, he is, let's see if we have like a, um, something on him, a profile on him. It should be, let me see, because I don't really read forwards, I'm not the type, <laughs> I don't read forwards and I don't read, um, you know, none of that stuff. Oh, there we go. So there is an about, so I'll read about the author so that you guys can kind of have an understanding about who wrote this book so like i said the book is called 12 rules for life an antidote to chaos it's a multi-million copy bestseller and it is by dr jordan p jordan b peterson so about the author jordan b peterson is a professor of psychology at the university of toronto raised in the frigid wastelands of northern alberta he has flown a hammerhead roll in a carbon fiber stunt plane oh that's a beautiful way of saying he's causing chaos <laughs> and built a quagul ceremonial big house on the upper floor of his Toronto home after being invited into a named into and named by the Canadian First Nation. He's taught mythology to lawyers, doctors and business people, consulted for the UN Secretary General, helped his clinical clients manage depression, obsessive compulsive disorder and anxiety, and lectured extensively in North America and Europe. With his students and colleagues, Dr. Peterson has published over a hundred scientific papers and his book, Maps of Meaning, revolutionized the psychology of religion. Formerly a professor at Harvard University, he was nominated for a prestigious Levinston Teaching Prize. And that is Dr. B, Dr. Jordan B. Peterson. Okay, so what are some of the things that I have learned? Uh, listen, I've, I've read like 53 pages, but there's so much already. And I want to keep this episode like relatively like not too crazy, <laughs> honestly. Um, so I'm like not too crazy in the sense of like, you know, but like there's so much that I can only like say so much, you know, otherwise we'll be here till tomorrow. So I'm going to read some of the things that stuck out to me. So the first rule that he mentions is stand up straight with your shoulders back. I mean, that sounds very simplistic, right? Of course, stand up straight, you know, with your shoulders back. That's the standard way that you should stand, you know, but this is why. So I'm going to just read the parts that really resonated with me. Um, and then I'll tell you why. Okay, so there's this segment within this chapter, and this is basically what he says. He says, first, it is easy to assume that nature is something within, with a nature. So nature is something with a nature, something static, but it is not, at least not in any simple sense. It's static and dynamic 
at the same time. The environment, the nature that selects itself transforms. The famous yin and yang symbols of the Taoists capture this beautifully. Being for the Taoists, reality itself is composed of two opposing principles, often translated as feminine and masculine, or even more narrowly as female and male. However, yin and yang are more accurately understood as chaos and order. The Taoist symbol is a circle enclosing twin serpents head to tail. The black serpent, chaos, has a white dot in its head. The white serpent, order, has a black dot in its head. This is because chaos and order are interchangeable, as well as externally juxtaposed. There is nothing so certain that it cannot vary. Even the sun itself has its cycles of instability. Likewise, there is nothing so mutable that it cannot be fixed. Every revolution produces new order. Every death is simultaneously a metamorphosis. So, <sighs> I love this whole passage. Um, firstly, because my two favorite lines are, there is nothing so certain that it cannot vary. And there is nothing so mutable that it cannot be fixed. And for me, when when I read that, I, it, because we're living in a world right now, and I mentioned this earlier, we're living in a world right now where it seems like something is either fixed or something is either varied. And there's, I talk about this all the time, there's no longer um, duality, there's no longer uh juxtapositions there's no longer paradoxes anymore everything is 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 static that's why he talks about nature with this illusion that nature is static unchanging unmoving and the truth is that nothing is ever really that way that anything can change right and nothing is so fixed that it cannot vary and nothing is so fixed is so varied that it cannot be fixed and I think that is a great way to look at life, especially if you're just looking at your everyday life of um, where you at, how you feeling, how you doing, where do you want to get yourself to? What's the next thing that you're trying to achieve or that you want to do? Um, what are your goals? What are your dreams? What do you see your life becoming? And I think it's such a great guide. Uh, because sometimes you can feel so stuck, right? Maybe you're stuck in a job that you really hate and you don't know how to get out. Um, maybe you, you, you're you in an abusive relationship and you're not sure how to maneuver yourself out of that. You know, maybe you are, you're finding yourself in circumstances that are not your ideal. This is not where you want to be. I think this passage for me reminds me that and it goes very well with something that I always say is that this too shall pass, um, that nothing lasts forever. That if there's an, exp I think, I don't know who said this, but they, I've seen this expression before. It says, there is no storm that does not run out of rain, you know, and I feel like this particular chapter written, this particular segment is written beautifully, very scientific, very intellectually written. But its underlying message is a reminder that anything is essentially possible at the end of the day. So whatever you want, you can manifest because it is not fixed, nor is it very varied to a point where it cannot be fixed. You know, 
So that's something that I learned from that. Um, and I also learned that you need both order and chaos, that li life is a struggle. Like there's this notion that I think sometimes we think, oh my God, why is life so hard? Like, why is life so difficult? Why am I struggling? Why am I suffering? Like, why is this happening? Like, why can't things just go smoothly? But if you look at it, life is, 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 is basically ups and downs. There's this song lyric by, I think it's Lauren Diago, and she says, am I more than just the sum of every high and every low? And the highs and the lows, right? The turbulences and, and the flows or the, the roller coaster effect. But at the end of the day, that is life. It is that, the ups and the downs. And in the end, you, your life, sorry, there's a car passing by, is the sum of all of those experiences, right? And in order for you to know extreme joy, you need to know extreme pain. It's paradoxical. And I think that is the the lesson here is that in order for chaos to exist, order exists. In order for order to exist, chaos must therefore exist because like he said, they are externally, um, they, no, they are eternally juxtaposed forever. It's the yin and the yang, the good and the bad, the, the feminine and the masculine, the female and the male, the order and chaos. It's all perpetually, eternally um, occurring. It's occurring. And I think if you know that, then you stop to see, you, and I've learned this, I've actually started to enjoy my suffering. 2021 has been a very hard year for me, uh, as you all know. But they, they came a point where I started enjoying suffering. Not enjoying it, but like, oh, let more suffering happen. Of course not. But starting to recognize that I can use this, that within the struggle, the chaos, like the yin and yang sign, there is order. There is possibility. There is opportunity. If I, it, That's why the circles are not, it's not just one here he references that a serpent the serpent is not just all black or all white it's like no within order there is chaos within chaos there too is order and i think honestly you start looking at life this way it makes everything seem less tragic <laughs> it really does because then you're not constant constantly living in perpetual doom and continuously dreading doom happening to you you know so yeah, that's a lesson that I have learned. Um, I think it's it's an incredible lesson. Um, yeah, I think let me move on. Let's continue. Um, which other one did I really like? Mm. Okay, yes. So this one is one that I really like because... As you all know, I have been looking to get more disciplined, right? <laughs> so she's trying to get more disciplined in her life. I am juggling a lot. Uh, I'm working full time um, and it's going to get worse and busier. Um, I'm completing my second year of my MBA. Um, I'm also doing this podcast. I also write um, and of course have to maintain like the social media for this podcast and, you know, 
all of that. So it, it's it's quite busy and I'm trying to build good habits at the same time, trying to have friendships and take care of my family and be there for my friends and um, be there for myself. <laughs> it's not easy, but I think um, getting time to read. <laughs> but I think that, um, yeah, there's something to be learned from this next um, paragraph. So he says, the body with its various parts needs to function like a well-rehearsed orchestra. Every system must play its role properly and at exactly the right time, or noise and chaos ensue. It is for this reason that routine is so necessary. The acts of life we repeat every day need to be automized. They must be turned into stable and reliable habits so they lose their complexity and gain predictability and simplicity. And yes, this is something that I want to learn how to do. I think in the episode where I talked about discipline and the advice that I got from one of my friends, where he told me that I need to ruthlessly observe and evaluate my habits. Um, and what am I actually doing in my day? What is my routine? And is my routine aiding my discipline? Is it aiding the things that I'm trying to achieve or hurting it? And I realized that a lot of the things that I was doing, like sleeping at weird hours or not getting enough sleep or, um, you know, too much screen time or whatever it is, was not really aiding me. It was not getting me towards the goals that I have. And when I read this, I was like, so my friend was right because having a routine, having habits, orchestrated, planned out, thought out is so helpful because it creates, it makes them simple. It simplifies them. It, it reduces the complexity, makes them predictable. That way it makes them easier to do as well. Right? It sounds, <laughs> it sounds a little technical, but it's just, it's logical if you think about it. Right? We do things that come the easiest to us. So how about you make your routines, your habits easy enough for them for you to do so that they are predictable and that your your mind does not immediately reject them as something that is other and that is stopping you from doing what you have indeed routinized, which is your bad habits. You know? Just saying. <laughs> Just saying. Um yeah, and, and then he goes on to attack me because <laughs> I felt attacked when I read this section because it's something that I was working on. He says, um, it is for such reasons that I always ask my clinical clients first about sleep. Do they wake up in the morning at approximately the time the typical person wakes up and at the same time every day? If the answer is no, fixing that is the first thing I recommend. It doesn't matter so much if they go to bed at the same time each evening, but waking up at a consistent hour is a necessity. And that's when I was like, okay, he's talking to me. <laughs> because I, I I said this in the discipline episode, I need to fix my fucking sleeping habits. My My sleep habits are shit. And I've been doing that this month. But it's hard because I have hardwired myself to really terrible sleeping patterns. So undoing that, learning to wake up early. Um, I'm never going to be a morning person. I'm a night owl and that is a fact. It's, it's just, it's, it's how I am wired and it's okay. But within those constraints, I can still find a way to ensure that I am building a happy, uh, a happy for sure, but healthier 
sleep patterns. So what I try to do now is try to be in bed by latest 12 o'clock, actually latest one o'clock, earliest uh, 10, between 10 and 12. And I've managed to do that successfully this week very well, which is hard because I've been trying to do this for a while to build up to that because my body is now wired to sleep at 3 a.m. So it's like, why, what are you doing? Like, what is this? But the more I do it and the more I try it, then my body goes, ah, okay, this is, this is the new normal. Let's go. And then it starts to adapt. And that's, again, another thing, adaptability. You adapt to your new habits that you impose on yourself. So, yeah. And that was one. So that was the second life lesson that I learned from this book. And that was on page 18, like so very early on. Um, yeah. What else did I learn? Let's see. Let's see. Okay. This one was important <laughs> because this one is one that I was working on in therapy because like I said, 2021 has been a hard year. And, and one of the reasons it's been a hard year is because of this particular lesson. So I'm going to read it. It says, naive harmless people usually guide their perceptions and actions with a few simple axioms. People are basically good. No one really wants to hurt anyone else. The threat and certainly the use of force, physical or otherwise, is wrong. These axioms collapse or worse in the presence of individuals who are genuinely malevolent. Worse means that naive beliefs can become a positive invitation to abuse because those who aim to harm have become specialized to prey on people who think precisely such things. Under such conditions, the axioms of harmlessness must be retooled. In my clinical practice, I often draw the attention of my clients who think that good people never become angry to the stark realities of their own resentments. And he goes on to say, I have had clients who were terrified into literally years of daily hysterical convulsions by the sheer look of malevolence on their attackers' faces. Such individuals typically come from a hyper-sheltered hyper -sheltered families where nothing terrible is allowed to exist and everything is fairyland, wonderful, or else. And I added there, or a well-constructed lie of it. This was hard. <laughs> this was a hard pill to swallow. Um, this was a hard one because I was one of those people. I, I genuinely believe that people are good and that people, for the most part, are, do not have malicious intent and are trying to do good themselves. And I believe that because I am good. And I work hard to be good. It's not that I don't have terrible thoughts or mean thoughts or cruel thoughts. I do. I'm human. But I work very hard to make sure that that is not any, I do not approach any single relationship, scenario, situation from my chaos side all the time. But I try to do it from a point of order, from a point of, of goodness and kindness and, and, and light. But of course... I, the human being, the mind itself is, of course, chaos and order, love and hate, you know. So I, I, I think that's something to, to remember. But that's how I believe. I believe that, that if we had to tip the scales of yin and yang, that light was 
had a little bit of an edge. <laughs> like it has an edge. But this year I learned that nope, I they are equal. <laughs> they can they are very much so equal. Good and bad is equal. Um and it 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 it, it can happen to you, it can happen to or you can experience it uh even whether you are good or not. And um you can experience bad or quote unquote darkness or evil whether or not you are good or evil or dark yourself it doesn't really matter and this i learned because of the massive betrayal of my own family during my dad's death during one of the hardest points in my life where you the people who are supposed to stand by you and protect you and fight for you and and help you are the people who literally ate you up and threw you under a bus and drove that bus over you and yeah, it was a hard one to swallow because I always believed that they were good. I believed my family was good. I believed that, I mean, they are Christian, right? They are righteous and they are, I mean, I always knew that was bullshit, that they're righteous because they have too. like my family has way too many secrets and too many things happening. So I knew that, but that doesn't change, like making mistakes, making life mistakes doesn't change whether you're good or not. Character d determines that, how you treat other people determines that. And they had not shown me over time, specifically towards me or my sisters, that they were capable of doing what they did for money, even worse. I think that's another thing I realized that money, when that expression money is the root to all evil, is not a, is not a, it, it's, it's not made up. It, it, it's true. It's fucking true. People will do the craziest things for money. And it's the truth. And um yeah and i experienced that this year and i realized that um and when he says i've had clients who were terrified into literally years of daily hysterical convulsions by the sheer look of malevolence on their attackers faces that's literally what happened to me when i was sitting in a meeting after we had just buried my dad where my uncles and my aunts were literally fighting over a will of of money and what's going to happen to the money and who's going to get the house and what how terrible we are and 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 how it was just so ugly that the people who you thought were you were good were doing such ugly things and I to this day still tremble at the thought when I think back to that day and I'm just like how could you do that during one of how could how could you do that? And then when I read this, I was like, wow, okay, it makes sense. <laughs> it makes sense. Don't assume that because you are good and that you do good by others and that you try to be a good person. You don't get it right all the time. I don't certainly get it right all the time, but your intention is not to harm. Don't think that everybody else does not, is operating on that level because you will sorely be disappointed. And not only that, you will be hurt and you will be betrayed and you will be gaslitten. And then you will, your entire perception of reality will then be torn into a thousand little pieces. And then you won't even know what's real, what was real and what wasn't anymore. So that's something to, to keep in mind. Also, when he mentions that such individuals typically come from hyper-sheltered families where nothing terrible is allowed to exist and everything is very wonderful or else. 
and I added a well-constructed lie and that is my family uh, and when I say my family this is my dad's side of the family um, it's it's all a facade not it's most of it is not real it is cre it's a created well-crafted created illusion to uphold social status to maintain face and to 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 keep to to keep what's the term that I'm looking for I think the to maintain face to 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 keep this is our image it's branding I it's, I would call it old school branding <laughs> okay and that to me was that's when I realized that oh my god perfect it's a form of perfectionism as well because you nothing can go wrong or else and the or else is that we will lie about it we'll, we'll keep it a secret and we'll pretend it never happened and that is the kind of family that i came from and so it 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 then made sense that i realized that oh this is this is life <laughs> this is life uh so that's just a life lesson just remember that just because you know you think you are you are doing good doesn't mean everyone else's intention is the same okay then the last one because i don't want this to be long but i could go on i'm probably going to do a second part or a third part as i continue reading because i still have so much to read and i know there's going to be so much in here so i'm going to continue this is the last one but this one hit me hard I was like, okay, sir, <laughs> okay, Dr. Peterson. Um, it's not a new thought per se, but the way it's written and the way he visualizes it is just a wow. I even wrote on my book, wow. <laughs> I was like, wow. So he says, uh, this is when he talks about, he talks about um, standing straight. So the, remember we said at the beginning that this chapter is titled uh, let me go back and read it is titled stand up straight with your shoulders back so this is what he says but standing up straight with your shoulders back is not something that is only physical because you're not only a body you're a spirit so to speak a psyche as well standing up physically also implies and invokes and demands standing up metaphysically standing up means voluntarily accepting the burden of being your nervous system responds in an entirely different manner when you face uh, when you face the demands of life voluntarily you respond to a challenge instead of bracing for catastrophe you see the gold the dragon hoards instead of shrinking in terror from the all too real fact of the dragon you step forward to take your place in the dominance of hierarchy and occupy your territory manifesting your willingness to defend expand and transform it that can only occur practically or symbolically as a physical or as a conceptual restructuring to stand up straight with your shoulders back is to accept the terrible responsibility of life with eyes wide open it means deciding to voluntarily transform the chaos of potential into the realities of habitable order it means adopting the burden of self-conscious vulnerability and accepting the end of the unconscious paradise of childhood where finitude and morality are only dimly comprehended 
it means willingly undertaking the sacrifices necessary to generate a productive and meaning and meaningful reality it means acting to please god in the ancient language and i just went wow <laughs> wow incredible like just incredible and uh, it's that realization like now i force myself to sit up straight to stand up straight with my shoulders back with my head held high looking forward and not looking down making eye contact meeting the world within the moments that I'm inter inter well, I'm always interconnected to it but every time I am uh, having an exchange with the world uh with my world I think it's 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 a powerful um spiritual act but it's also a powerful physical act at the same time and I think it's a recognition that this is my life this is my life it's mine it belongs to me and so then I have to I have to live it and I have to show up for it and I have to take responsibility for it for my actions for the things that I do for the things that are done to me for my reactions my responses for my being he says here standing up means voluntarily accepting the burden of being the burden of being alive the burden of existence it's 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 showing up for yourself every day that's basically it and so that's a lesson that i've learned even when it's hard even when it's not easy even when it's you feel like you don't want to show up for yourself you don't want to show up for your life um you just want to sit this one out maybe uh or this round out but it's like saying if you've ever watched squid game by now if no one's watched squid game go watch squid game but i think squid game is a reference to this it's showing up for yourself uh even if it means death <laughs> i mean squid game is a bit uh, extreme but those people in those moments especially the ones who went back they showed up for themselves even if it meant death they were like okay we're going to face this this is our choice this is our lives this is how we're going to do it um so yeah that's the fourth lesson that i've learned from this book i've learned many but i will stop here for today so that it doesn't go on for too long uh thank you so much for coming thank you so much for listening to the episode and i hope you you go out and pick up this book it's not very expensive you can find it on uh Amazon or wherever you buy your book maybe go to a local bookstore and support the local bookstore um you'll probably find it there as well no, fuck Amazon <laughs> fuck Amazon go find it at your local bookstore um and yeah it's a great one and if you have time check out some of Dr Jordan B Peterson's uh lectures as well as his um uh seminars and interviews he's an incredible mind just an incredible mind um and you not you might not agree with everything he says but he is you certainly going to learn from him uh as well anyway thank you so much for coming guys thank you for taking your time to listen and um please don't forget to go and you can follow the podcast on Spotify by the way so that you know when uh, a new episode has dropped 
also go and rate and review on uh, Apple Music. Uh, five stars only. <laughs> five stars only. Uh, actually, it's your life. Do what you want. Um, and yeah, and I will see you guys in the next episode. Cheers.